Thanks for listening to the Wellspring Church Podcast. All right, have a seat. Good morning. I'm glad you guys are here. If you're a guest today, uh, my name is Trey Kelly, the lead pastor here. That's right. And uh, uh, actually, uh, would you join me in prayer this morning? Let's just, let's just pray for a moment. Father, we love you so much, and, and we truly are grateful for, for your son, uh, for what we get to do. Lord, I pray you just uh, calm our hearts, uh, open our ears, open our hearts uh, to what you want to share with us uh, for these next few moments. Um, we thank you that we get to be here, and we wait expectantly for you to move. Uh, in your son's name, amen, amen. Hey, um, really excited about, about today, uh, because for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about uh, one of my favorite things, maybe the favorite thing uh, about our church. Um, we're going to talk about our Love MB initiative. And if you've been around our church for a long time, you know uh, what Love MB is. If, if you're new to our church, uh, maybe you've seen uh, some T-shirts, maybe you've participated a little bit. But, but my goal, uh, by the time we're done with this over the next few weeks, is that Love MB uh, becomes something that you're passionate about, um, especially if you call Wellspring home. Um, and I do want to address something right at the top because many of you have been around for a while and you've heard me talk about Love MB before and uh, spoiler alert, Love MB hasn't changed. <laughs> so the language I'm going to use for the next few weeks, you may be familiar with, you may have heard it before. Uh, but the cool thing about our church is that God's always adding new people. God's growing our church and we want to be united around this idea because as you're going to hear over the next few weeks it really is the heartbeat of our church and so one of the ways you do that is you talk about things consistently the same way over time uh, because that creates shared language and it creates a shared experience and so if you've heard this before understand we're doing this for people who may not have heard it as many times. Or maybe you're like me. You think about other stuff. And you need to be reminded from time to time. Um, what we're really going to do is, you know how when you're at family gatherings or, or friend gatherings, and maybe there's somebody there who's newer. Maybe it's, it's a new boyfriend. It's, it's a new, new person. And you always say, oh, 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 tell them that story. And then you tell the same story that you've told 50 times. And then the other person starts to tell it, but you realize they're not telling it right. And you're like, shh, I'll tell it. You know why you do that? Because you want to tell it the right way. That's what we're going to do for the next few weeks. Is we're going to talk about this using the same language. So that we're all on the same page. I mean, if you're new to our church, man, we're honored that you're here. And we hope this draws you in. And makes you want to be a part of uh, what we believe God's doing uh, through this gathering of people here in Myrtle Beach. So, let's dive in with the question. Oh, I have to acknowledge, I have not become a giant. The television is smaller. It's not your eyes. Our, our normal television died this morning, so we had to go find one. This is what we found, so let's just all be on the same page about that as well. Uh, anyway, so what, what is Love MB? The, the very wordy explanation is Love MB is our initiative to resource the nonprofits in our community that are making Horry County a better place. And we go out, we find nonprofits that are doing a great job. And we try to resource them so that Horry County changes and improves and becomes better. Um, a simpler way to say it, Love and Be is our attempt at changing the world. And people always talk about, hey, I want to change the world, I want to change the world. Well, this is how we're doing it. And what we do is we, we go into our community and we find nonprofits that are doing a great job. 
that are helping people the church cares about and that are doing things the church cares about, quite frankly, they're just doing them better than the church could do them because they're experts in these different areas. And so we go out and we find these great organizations that are doing a great work. We vet them. We kick the tires. We make sure they're, they're spending their money well. They use their resources the right way, that they are effective in what they do. And then, wait for it, we ask one simple question. And it always blows them away when we ask this question. We say, how can we help? See, they think we're going to come and say, here's what we want you to do for us. And there have been some organizations we've had to work really hard to be like, we don't want anything from you. We are genuinely here to say, how can we help you do what you're doing better? And it normally takes a couple conversations, and then they believe us. And they always give us the same two answers in this order. How can we help? They say, well, we need money and we need volunteers. That's what every nonprofit needs. They need more resources, and they need more manpower to do what they believe their mission is. So for us, Love and Be became very simple. What is Love and Be? It is a time of year that we give. In two weeks, we will take our annual Love and Be offering. And here's the cool thing about that offering. 100% of it goes out the door. We use 100% of those funds to serve our partners, to serve our community. And so if you're one of those people, and I get it, you're like, hey, man, I'm not sure about giving to a church, I don't know where it goes. Well, this offering is for you because it goes right out the door. And it actually goes out the door to organizations that we know are doing a great job. And so in a couple weeks, we're going we're to take that offering. If you were here a year ago, uh, you guys were incredibly generous. Um, and you gave uh, right around $94,000 uh, to that. To that. And because of that, uh, our church for the life of Love and Bee has given away over a half a million dollars. Uh, to our community. And so thank you. Uh, Thank thank you for that. But giving is not the only part. Remember, they need money and volunteers. And so not only do we give, we serve. Uh, Some of you, you have the t-shirts. You have participated in a Love Weekend event, uh, a Love Week event. We basically go to our nonprofits. We're like, hey, what projects can we do for you? And we'll send a team. Um, One of the really cool things that's happened in the last few years is we've actually had some people from our church develop a relationship with some of our partners, and they serve on an ongoing basis. Um, and if that interests you, next week we're going to have all our partners in our lobby. Um, they're going to be able to tell you all about who they are and what they do. You're going to be able to meet them. And, and we really do hope that some of your hearts are drawn to their mission and, and that maybe you, you can serve them in a way beyond just a love, just a love weekend. But the reason we call it Love and Be is because we believe as we give, we serve, it is the best way that we can love our community. It's the best way we can give back to our community. So that's what Love and Be is. And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. In fact, in just a few minutes, I'm going to bring Eric Colquitt up here. He's the, the person who's in charge of Love and Be for us. He's going to give us a report of everything we've done over the last year so you can hear all the impact you're having. Um, So we're going to talk more about what it is over the next few weeks. The big conversation for us today is more than what, Love and Be, I want to answer very quickly, why? Why Love and Be? Why do we do this? Why year after year after year do we stop? Do we say these things? Do we take offerings? Do we serve? 
Why are we so passionate about our community? Why do we want to serve our community? Why do we want our community to be a better place? And this is crucial for not understanding, not only understanding love and be, but understanding our church. Um, and I believe to understanding our God. Because for us, it is so clear and it is so simple. Why love and be? And the answer is because Jesus commanded it. This was a command from our Savior. And you may be wondering, okay, where did he command us? Where did Jesus say, make sure you do this? And if you've been around our church for a while, you know, you know where he did it. And you know what I'm going to talk about. Probably the most pivotal Thursday night in human history. It was the Thursday night Jesus had dinner with his disciples. He later that night was arrested. By Friday morning, he was convicted of a crime he didn't commit. By Friday afternoon, he was executed for a crime he didn't commit. And by Sunday morning, he had come back to life and changed the world. That Thursday night dinner is very famous in Christian circles. If you grew up in church, you've heard of that Thursday night dinner. It's where Jesus did things like created the Lord's Supper. That's where he gave that to the church. It's where, have you ever heard the story? It's where he washed the disciples' feet. It's where he served them. And at this same meal, Jesus stops the conversation and says, Hey, guys, before we go, there's something new I want to say. I have a new commandment. They've been with him for three years, so they all kind of stop. They're like, what? A new commandment. And he says, love each other. And they look at each other. Like, he's been talking about love for three years. Everything he's done has been loving. He's been teaching us. What do you mean? How is love each other a new commandment? And Jesus continues. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love. Now that, he'd never said before. He had never made himself the standard for how we treat other people. Because I have a standard, and you have a standard, and we all have a standard for how we treat other people. Some of us love the way our neighbors loved us, or we love the way our spouse loves us, or we love the way our kids love us, or we love the way our family loved us, or the way our parents loved us, or the way our grandparents loved us, or the way our aunt or our uncle loved us. We all have a standard for how we love. And Jesus says, I get that. But if you're going to follow me, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, before I go, I have a new commandment. Love each other as I have loved you. I am your standard for how you treat other people. The way I've cared for you, the way I've served you. He had just washed their feet, by the way. I provided for you. He says, guys, if you get nothing else right, don't miss this. Please treat the world like I've treated you. And then he explains why. 
He says, because it's your love, it's your love for one another that will prove to the world you're my disciples. Now, he could have said anything there. He says, guy, he could have said, I'm going to give you the power to perform amazing miracles, and that's going to prove to the world you're my disciples. He could have said, I'm going to give you the best brain and the best ability to, to argue and to have all these convincing speeches, and you're going to logic and argue your way to proving to people you're my disciples. It feels like some people think that's what he said. It's not what he said. He said, it's your love. It's your actions. It's the way you treat other people. That, that's what's going to prove to the world that you belong to me. Now, why did Jesus say this? Well, because he knew he was putting his entire mission in the hands of these men. And he was trying to give them the most effective tool to be successful. Because he understood something fundamental about our relationship with him and about his mission in the world. And it's why we love Myrtle Beach so much. So here's what he understood. He understood that beliefs change us. Amen. So happy for that. I am a Christian. I have access to my heavenly father. I am forgiven of my sins. I have eternal life promised to me simply because I believe. Because I made a choice to place my faith in Jesus. I believe he paid the price for my sins on the cross. I believe when he came back to life, it was an invitation to walk a new life with him. I don't have to earn that. I don't have to perform a certain way. Beliefs change us. Please hear me. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. We just have to believe. We have to have faith. That is what gives us a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So in no way am I diminishing beliefs. Beliefs change us. But here's what Jesus knew. Behaviors change the world. Every one of us in the room who consider ourselves Christians, who believe Jesus is the Savior, do you know why we believe that? It's because someone else behaved like they believed it. You did not become a Christian because of your parents' beliefs or your neighbor's beliefs or your college roommate's beliefs or your aunt's beliefs or your coworkers' beliefs or your cousin's beliefs or your brothers' and sisters' beliefs. You became a Christian because they behaved like they believed. And it was their behavior that you noticed, that you observed, that drew you in, that said, hey, I would love to hear more about your beliefs. And so the reason Jesus says, hey, guys, whatever you do, make sure you love other people. Hey, that's how you're going to prove to the world you're my disciples. It's because he understood you're living in belief. Belief is what sets you free. Behaviors, that's what's going to change the world. And so we love indeed because we want to behave in a way that makes people interested in our beliefs. Because belief is what saves us. And our behaviors is what give us the right to share about our beliefs. It's why from the very beginning as a church we've had a core value. And the core value is that we will be known for what we are for. From the very beginning, we have wanted to be known as being for 
Myrtle Beach, for Horry County, that we love this place, that we want to do everything we can to help it. In fact, there's a question we've been asking from the very beginning. And I hope this helps kind of clarify how we think about this. Here's the question we ask. If Wellspring disappeared tomorrow, would our community miss us? Not our church. I hope you guys would miss us. Would people that have never walked in our doors, would people who think our beliefs are crazy, would they miss us? Not because of our beliefs, but would they miss us because of our behaviors? Because we behaved in a way that was consistent with our beliefs. And as you're going to hear in a few minutes, there are many organizations that would miss us because of your generosity. And there are many people in Horry County who are served by those organizations that would miss us. That's why we love our community so much. It's because we believe as we act like Jesus, people become more interested in Jesus. And the crazy thing is this has been a part of our DNA from the very beginning. Some of you know the story. My wife and I, we both grew up in South Carolina. We moved to uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area for five years to go to seminary. We helped start a church out there. Moved back here in summer of 2008 to plant a church. If you don't know what that means, that means we moved here without knowing anyone. I knew one person in Myrtle Beach, and we were like, hey, let's start a church. You want to you wanna see people look at you like you're a crazy person? Tell them that. And the way you do this to start a church is you have to gather a group of people to help you start the church. You call that the launch team. You try to convince them, maybe con them into helping you. And so, so when we got here, um, it took us a few months to kind of get, get landed. Beth and TJ moved here to help us. Uh, TJ Goff, that's our worship pastor. And uh, January of 2009, we started meeting in my home for what we called launch team gatherings. It's as weird as it sounds going to somebody's house to start a church. It was weird. Uh, our first gathering, I think we maybe had nine people, and all of them, maybe except one, their last name was Kelly or Goff. So we were off to a great start. We are like, yeah, we did it. Um, but here's what we would do. Here's what we would do. We would meet in my home every other week. Every other Sunday, we'd meet in my home for like, we'd do some worship, and the TV was actually bigger than that one. And so... Um, <laughs> I teach a little bit. And then on the off weeks when we weren't meeting, one Sunday a month we'd go to other churches in the area because we just want to see what God was doing. And then one week in a month, not always on a Sunday, one week in a month, from the very beginning, guys, we would find a place to serve. We would find other local organizations who were doing charitable events. We'd wear our little Wellspring T-shirts, and we'd go and we'd serve because we wanted to be known for what we were for. And we probably built half or more of our launch team just through conversations we had with people who they're serving. And they'd be like, you're doing what? And you meet where? In your home? We had several people be like, call me when you're not in your home. <laughs> Full disclosure, had I not been leading the thing, I would not have gone to somebody else's home. But God's just been so, so good to us uh, that, that here we sit. Almost 15 years later, and, and through your generosity, we've, we've, we've helped so many people and given away over, over half a million dollars. I just, I don't, I don't say it enough. I don't say it enough. I, I love you guys so much. I am so honored to, to just get to be a part of this church, much less that God lets me lead it. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by it. And so thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being a people 
uh, that, that loves your community. And more importantly, thank you for being a people that gets, that beliefs change us. But it's behaviors, man. It's behaviors that change the world. So what I want to do is I want to bring up uh, Eric Colquitt so that he can share with you uh, how we have behaved <laughs> over the last 12 months. Help me very, welcome Eric Colquitt to the stage. <laughs> Eric Colquitt, Eric Colquitt. Some of you are confused. Eric Colquitt is also our student pastor. Yes. And I'm like, who better to be in charge of our nonprofit organization? Makes Reach sense. out than the student pastor. Yeah, makes right? sense. No, makes er complete Eric, sense. Is, Eric is incredibly gifted, incredibly talented. Eric's in charge of that. Eric also oversees our connections right now. Uh, Eric's the reason it's so cold in here. And so if you have any issues with the temperature it's really not. ever, this, this guy. Eric's your man. This guy. Uh, they've never seen me touching one of the thermometers. Well, I mean, the thermostats, true. Eric. True. You have you're the phone. one running around pushing buttons. You got it on your phone making uh, it colder uh, in here. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's my son. This is going to be... Uh... Yes, he plays football, if you were wondering. Yeah. This is going to be fun. All right. Okay, so love MB, man. Yeah. Honor to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, let's start with a very simple, uh, tell us about our partners. Um, yeah. Who, who we, that's what we call them. They're, we we, yeah. we partner with each other. I am aggressively facing you. That's all good. So well, before I talk to you about our partners, I, I love that this is a heartbeat of our church, yeah. or the yeah. heartbeat of our church. Yeah. I love what we get to do yeah. on a yearly basis. I love that we get to show what we're for in such yeah. practical ways. Yeah. And so he talked about uh, the what and, and the why. I just want to tell you or remind you about who our organizations are, who we are actually partnered with, as he said. Uh, one of our organizations that we partner with on a yearly basis is SOS Care. Uh, SOS, their primary focus is to help individuals and families who have individuals with intellectual disabilities. And they create trainings, they create uh, opportunities for them to learn how to better um, live in the world around them. Uh, so we love SOS. In fact, we host a um, uh, couple of classes up here every single week. It's school-age kids, and it's helping them learn how to assimilate into school on a weekly basis. So we love SOS. Yeah, y'all don't even know that, but during <laughs> the week they come up here and they use our classrooms to facilitate what it would be like being in a classroom, and they help prepare those kids to be able to actually engage uh, in their classrooms. Yeah. And that's all because of your generosity, so thank you for that. Another one of our partners uh, is New Directions. They are focused at... Are they uh, our oldest partner? Them, them or Habitat. Okay. I believe they yeah. start at the yeah. same time. Mm -hmm. um, they focus on the homeless population here in Myrtle Beach, and they do that by providing shelters for men, women, and they have a family shelter as well. Uh, they provide shelter, they provide food, they provide training to help them better assimilate back uh, into the world around them. Habitat for Humanity is another one of our partners. We love what they do. They are seeking to provide home ownership for families, to, for them to have a place to call home. Uh, and so we'll talk about them more in a minute. Uh, Fostering Hope is another one of our partners. They're located over in Conway. I love what they do. They are focused on uh, families who are fostering kids. Uh, and basically, they do this by creating a, like a department store, downtown Conway, where families can come several times a year and, and get the things that they need. Um, yeah, this was, this was special to me because you, you may not be familiar, but, but oftentimes, you know, uh, kids going into the foster system, like they didn't choose it. And it's been a pretty traumatic experience for them. And often, they will show up at a, at a foster family with nothing. Yeah. 
Um, and the beauty of, of this organization is it's a place foster families can take these kids, and these kids can essentially go shopping yeah. for everything they need. And here's the cool thing. It's theirs to keep. Mm. Like, it's not like borrowing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so in the midst of all that chaos, uh, Fostering Hope is a place these kids can at least go, and, and, and the foster families can go and know they can get some supplies, some school stuff, just some basic stuff that they need to find some normalcy in, right. a, in a very traumatic moment. All right. One of our uh, brand new um, partners this year is called Youth with a Mission, or YWAM for short. Uh, we love what they do. They're doing something very unique. They, uh, their primary goal is to bring in people, to train them as missionaries, to send them back out to the world in some of the most unreached uh, places uh, in the world, and such an amazing thing that they're doing. They also have a local mission as well. Uh, and right now, they are seeking uh, to find families that are underserved in our community. And they do this with an after-school program that I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. But uh, they serve them, and they also serve uh, the many J-1 uh, visa students that come in every year to help us in Myr Myrtle Beach. So we love YWAM. Another one of our partners, uh, we try to make ourselves available as much as possible uh, to the school system. Uh, specifically in our Myrtle Beach schools, we have relationships there. And we just want to say, hey, we're here. If you need anything, let us know. We want to step in and be available there. Here's what that looks like. It's one of my favorite stories of working with our schools. Um, during uh, during yeah. the COVID years, they had to uh, cancel one of their fundraisers. Mm. You know, parents, you know, mm. like you love the fundraisers. You know, you love those <laughs> fundraisers. Uh, I think it was like a run or something. And anyway, they had to cancel it. And so they weren't going to be able, it was a, it was a field trip, right? They weren't going to be able to fund right. something. Well, we heard about it. We were like, well, hey, how much would you have raised at the fundraiser? And they told us. And because of your generosity, we just wrote them a check. Yeah. And said, here you go. Yep. Please don't ever do fundraisers again. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Don't do them. They'll just give you the I money. tried. Yeah. I tried to get no wrapping paper, but they like their wrapping paper. It's good stuff. It's good wrapping paper. Um, one if of our... you give enough this year, maybe no wrapping paper. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What, um, That's a joke. Kind an, of. Another one of our brand new partners this year is an organization called Fountain of Hope. Uh, and we love what they're doing. And they, they actually don't uh, do things here in Myrtle Beach. They're doing an amazing work in Cambodia. Cambodia. Not <laughs> Cambodia like out in Longs. Um, no. So, yeah, not out in Longs. Yeah. Through your generosity this year, um, we were able to take Love and Be Global. And here's what that looks like, because we really wrestled with it. We were like, yeah, it's, it's literally in the title, <laughs> yeah. Love and how do we Be. Do anything else? How does that work? And, and here's really how we, how we kind of settled on it. Um, the organization we're working with in Cambodia, they start in churches. Um, and those churches love their community as much as we love ours. And so what God's allowed us to do this year through our generosity, and actually even more next year, we're going to kind of hold a, a surprise back until February, is God's allowing us to begin partnering with churches around the world uh, that care about their communities the way we care about ours. Mm. I mean, through your generosity, we're able not only to, to, to serve here, but I will be able to give funds to allow those churches to share the love of Jesus uh, in their communities as well. And so yeah. it's been really awesome. Yeah, it yeah. is. Let me tell you what uh, Fountain of Hope does. They've been around for 15 years, um, and their goal is to find local churches in these communities. And they equip them and train them uh, to, to figure out what the greatest needs are in the community around them. And they have a lot of needs. And so they go in and train them, and they help these cell churches and they're literally building community around them. And so we, we love to be a part of them. I'm going to tell you about what that looks like in a few minutes.
So those are our partners this year, and we love them to death. Yeah, so we've been doing this for almost 15 years now, and we really do call our, our, our the organization we work with partners. Um, and because I, I was saying in the sermon, we've had to work with a couple organizations yep. to really convince them, like, we're here for you. Like I, I had one uh, leader of the organization pretty early on say, hey, what if I did a dinner for a bunch of pastors and you could give us your ideas for how to do this? And I said, well, one, I won't go to that dinner. <laughs> Because I don't know how to solve this problem. You know how to solve this yeah. problem. Don't ask me. My, uh, like, I'm not here to advance my agenda. You're the experts. Tell us what you need. Yeah. Um, and one of the cool stories happened pretty early on. We, yeah. were, we were working at a, um, at a shelter. It was a love weekend. And something yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. So to illustrate this, um, we, yeah, we were at a love weekend and um, uh, a refrigerator died. Uh, and because we were there, we were like, hey. We'll fix it. Let's, let's get this taken care of. You've got to have this refrigerator. So before the weekend was over, the new refrigerator was installed. And that's the kind of a relationship we want to have with these partners. We want to be, we, we tell them, hey, let us be your first call. Because of your generosity, we want to be there when they need something. And I mean anything, uh, light bulbs to refrigerators to, to paint on a building. We want to have that kind of relationship uh, with our partners. And because of your generosity, we're able to. So speaking of that, yeah, so last year, as I said, um, you guys gave approximately uh, $94,000. And so, Eric, why don't you kind of yeah. walk us through where yeah. that money went? We really year. today wanted to just give you an, an overview, some of the highlights of, of yeah. what happened this year. Um, and we, we were able to see God do some amazing things this year. I talked about uh, YWAM earlier. They do their after-school program, and it's a set-up and tear-down uh, situation. We know about set-up and tear-down. We mm-hmm. remember it well. Uh, as we planted our church, but um, because of that, they had a need of a trailer. So because of how you gave, we were able to help them purchase a, a trailer to, to use for their after-school program, and, and it's been going great. It's helped them a great deal. Another thing that we were able to do this year um, with Habitat, uh, you've heard us talk about this before, they have a program for, uh, it's called the Good Start Program. It's for homeowners as they're moving in to get started off on the, on the right foot. We were able to fully fund the Good Start program for Habitat this year, which include, which meant they built six houses this year, and we were able to fund the Good Start program. And here's what that looks like. As uh, people move in, they're, they're able to move in with a fully stocked pantry, a new bed for each family member, a Chromebook to help them continue in their budgeting process, a new lawnmower for their, for their yard, a washer and dryer, and so many other things to set them up right. It's great to have a house, but it's also amazing to walk in day one with the things that you need for your house. So we love that we were able to do that. Uh, yeah, the Good Start program helps these families make the house their yeah, home. home. That's right. It makes it feel like home. And yep. you, you guys help make that possible. So yeah. Awesome. We, we talked about SOS Care at the beginning. Uh, they are uh, in the final stages, and you're about to see a video about this. Uh, at building a community called Oak Tree Farm over in Conway. And it's a community for the people that they serve just to have a place uh, where they can um, do things together as a group. Uh, and we're, we were able to fully furnish uh, five apartments for uh, the new residents moving in. And so that was awesome. For New Directions, we were able to help them purchase a brand new washer for their men's shelter and a, and a large storage shelter, uh, storage uh, house for the family shelter. For Fountain of Hope in Cambodia, uh, we were able to support 
fully support three villages in Cambodia. And as we throw pictures up, and you, you'll see in just a second, these pictures are from the Providence where uh, the villages are located. Uh, we supported three villages. Here's what this means. It, it helps them in four major ways with food support. This establishes a food bank in each village and uh, um, gives them sustainable food support. This helps them with spiritual support by uh, working with those cell churches, giving them leadership training. It helps them with community support by helping them pinpoint uh, the needs that each community has to support them and through educational support, which, which gives them an opportunity to do bi-weekly uh, programs for kids and teens to help them learn about faith and health and hygiene. And again, these are kids from that village. So those are just the highlights of this year. There were so many things that we were able to do. So again, thank you for your generosity and how you gave last year. So help us understand, I mean, it's great we get to do all this, but, but how do we know what the needs are? Yeah. Like how, how do these organizations communicate with us? How do we decide who gets what? Yeah. Yeah, so um, as Trey said, as we began forming a relationship with these organizations, we fully vet them, we understand, we get to know them and who they are. But then every year, uh, about this time, we say, hey, by, through the end of the year, we'd like for you to submit proposals for fund requests for us so that we can see, hey, here are some needs that, that each of our partners have in the coming year. Uh, they're, they're able to submit to up to $10,000 uh, and so that when we when we get those all back in, we can say, okay, here's what Wellspring gave this year. Let's 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 see how we can steward that money well and really help our partners do what they're doing. Oh, that's so cool. So as we wrap up, um, people are hearing about this maybe for the first time. Yeah. Um, starting now, like how 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 do we as a church get involved yeah. in, in Love and Be? What's that yeah. look like? There are three major ways. First, obviously, is to give. Uh, as you give, we're able to do so much. Uh, as you've seen today. Another way that you can be involved is through our Love Weekends. Um, you can come and serve. We have one coming up on November 18th with Habitat for Humanity. We'd love for you to sign up for that. You can do that in the lobby. You can do that on our app as well. Another way, and he talked about this earlier as well, is to, to serve with each organization individually. Uh, and I'd love to help you connect there and serve with them on an ongoing well, basis. They'll be here next week, right? Yeah, and next week you can meet uh, several of our organizations and uh, get to know them more yeah. and love to have have you connect there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, we just, we're grateful for you. Um, I hope that, that you, in a very healthy, non sinny way, are proud uh, to be a yes. part of our church, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, pride right till you sin. Um, <laughs> but I, I really do. I, man, like, some of you weren't aware we did this. Um, you know, I hope you're like, man, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy to be a part of this church. Um, we hope you feel that way, and and we're, we're glad that you do because God's doing a great thing through you. Um, as I said, when I was in charge of the thing, and it was just me by myself, it was us and the golfs, and there was like eight of us. And so it's always taken God adding other people to to His vision for for this church in our city. And so, um, and this guy a year later when he finally decided to join us, finally. <laughs> so here's how we're going to wrap up today we um each week we kind of want to highlight a partner um and today we're going to highlight sos care yeah. so tell us a little bit yeah about them. yeah we want to highlight a partner we want them to tell their story what they're doing mm -hmm. the impact they're making today we're going to hear from um some people that are going to move into oak tree farm and we're going to hear about the impact this has on their family 
uh, and all the work that SOS Care is doing right here in Myrtle Beach. Let's check this out. Oak Tree Farm is an affordable housing community specifically for adults with autism and intellectual disabilities. And the plan came together many years ago uh, as you get to know a person and a family that has a person with autism or intellectual disabilities. I think parents' biggest worry is, what's the plan when I'm not here anymore? And this gives them a plan. It gives them a plan for independent living and it gives them the supports they need to live independently. Uh, from mom and dad for the first time in their lives. So we have seen that work beautifully in the transition house. And now 75 more people are gonna get to experience that this year and it's so exciting. These three buildings uh, at Oak Tree Farm uh, hopefully will be completed by the end of the year. And the uh, master plan has three additional buildings planned, 24 units in two of the buildings and then a third building will Probably have a fewer units, but have more supports for somebody that might need a little bit extra support. Um, so that will uh, be the total build out of this particular project. SOS Care has helped me with social skills and independent living skills. They've prepared me to be ready to move into Oak Tree Farm. I am looking forward to getting to know the other residents here, participating in some of the activities that will happen, being able to um, begin to live independently, to be able to do, do more things for myself, make some more of my own decisions. Moving into Oak Tree Farm is something that his father and I are absolutely thrilled about. And it's a situation that we didn't think was ever going to be available to him. We moved into this area about four years ago and prior to that, the only option for independent living looked to be low-income housing. So when we found Oak Tree Farm and realized it was going to be right here in Conway where we were moving, you know, I cried. I was so thrilled that, you know, God led us to a, a place where he was gonna be able to provide for Steve. We see this as an opportunity for Stephen to build a, a life and a, a community of people around him that are going to support him and encourage him. And when his father and I are gone, he's still gonna have that kind of support and stability in his life. And that thrills us. Dan's been out of high school a long time and they transition you at age 21 and then there's nothing. Um, so he went through a gamut of all kinds of organizations and we just um, decided to move to Myrtle Beach and accidentally ran into somebody that was associated with SOS. And he has just blossomed with SOS. Um, it helped me a lot um, to do things on my own and, and have good support from family and friends. They've taught him so much. Um, so he, he prepares his own meals and he does his own laundry, but more than that, they taught him how to communicate with other people, uh, how to take verbal cues and nonverbal cues. Uh, so I'm interested in watching how he interacts with people um, that are living in the same neighborhood in the same situations. He has a lot of friends here, so it's gonna be great. I think it'll be a good experience to learn and uh, time with my friends, and, and uh, I just love it.
it is a special community and they are so inclusive and so welcoming and so wonderful to work and be with every day. Yeah.